The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Let some things be retrograde. Hi guys, welcome to the show today. It's That's So Retrograde. We are back. This is a fun little bonus convo we're doing this week. Two for the price of one this week. We'll be back. That's right. Thursday at our normal time. So mm-hmm. be there, be square. I'm Elizabeth Cott. Hi, I'm Stephanie Simbari. If you're new to the show, welcome. If you've been on the show for a while, thanks for sticking with us. And if there's one thing that you know throughout this retrogradian journey that we've had, skin, it's been a thing. Trials, tribulations. It's been a thing. We've had some issues. Steph, the, yeah. the a word I thought I too soon could never hear again, the Chilazin. <laughs> As Ambie put it, Chilazin Gate <laughs> was literally a two-season-long conversation. Saga. And, which means that it was going on for over two years. And I actually… Well, we're, we're we're talking with people who are in partnership with Mederma, and I love that we're doing this because one of the products that I use to heal my Chilazin scars was Mederma. And we were able to talk to them based on this study that Mederma did, which is so cool. Yeah, so they did a consumer survey that dug into how skin impacts mental health. And, you know, I really… I have a lot of conversations with people who are dealing with that sort of thing. And I remember not too long ago, four years ago, maybe I, when I was dealing with really bad acne, I remember, and just scars from the acne and just, it was a mess. And I remember one of my closest friends from growing up, we're still such a tight group, our whole high school crew, there was a wedding in New York. And I remember truly thinking, like scheming in my brain how to get out of it. And like all I, of course, all I want to do is see my friends, but I was so insecure about my acne and the acne scars and everything that was going on that I was just, I had basically become a shut in. And the thought of venturing to another city and going out and the pictures being taken and all of those fun celebratory things felt so hard and heavy. Mm-hmm. So this data from this survey, just I think both of us can relate so mm-hmm. heavily, unfortunately, but also fortunately, there's some really impressive stats about how COVID has kind of given this extra newfound layer of like not giving a fuck. And that's pretty fantastic too. So we have Dr. Azada Shirazi joining us. She's a cosmetic derm. She's based in La Jolla, but she has another account that's called the Skincare Reels, where as a derm, she just goes through all these different procedures for various things. So it's like a peek into her practice and her office. And you know, I love an Instagram procedure. I've learned so much. <laughs> so, guys, so definitely check that out. And then we have. Maria Sosa, and she is a holistic wellness writer, educator, and therapist. And she is best known on social media as Holistically Grace, where she provides colorful, practical, and compassionate content to inspire those looking to thrive and grow in their personal and interpersonal relationships. 
She's well-educated with a bachelor in science and psychology from Florida Atlantic University. She has her master of science in marriage and family therapy. And she's also a certified holistic health coach and intuitive eating counselor. So she has a lot of insight. She has her own podcast called the Mind Meets Body Podcast. She's just generally very cool and wonderful. And it was such a pleasure speaking with her. So Dr. Shirazi, there was a recent survey that tackled some tough questions about mental health and self-confidence. Can you share some of the top things that you learned from the results? Yes. So SCAR leader Moderma actually recently commissioned a survey of 2,000 American adults that looked at the connection between skin insecurities and mental health. Now, the results were really surprising. They confirmed how much our physical insecurities affect our self-esteem. For instance, three in five people said that their skin had a big impact on their self-confidence and mental health. And more than half of those surveyed said that they had social anxiety due to bad skin in the past. In fact, three of the five agreed that their skin had a big impact on their self-confidence. They would leave the house. They would skip social events because of this anxiety. Um, But what's surprising is that the survey also showed with the pandemic, with us being at home or spending more time looking at ourselves, maybe being on Zoom, you allowed us to reflect and have more compassion and self-acceptance of our flaws. Maybe we went longer um, days without wearing makeup or having to cover up our flaws. And so there was a surprising um, silver lining where we showed more self-acceptance, more self-love and passion for ourselves. You know, Elizabeth and I both have experience having had scarring. Elizabeth had a really intense acne uh, journey that happened in her 31, late, 31, third in her 30s. <laughs> and I had like an extreme eye uh, recurring eye problem that I had a really bad scar in my eye for. And both of us were talking a lot during those times about how shocked we were about our own vanity. Like we didn't we weren't really aware of how much that affected us until there was something disrupting it. Cause it's, it's like this thing that you take for granted that you don't really think about. And then all of a sudden, you know, your eyes fucked up or, or your skin's bugging out and you're just like, I can no longer live in this world. It's, it's very intense. Agreed. And I think taking a step back and making that human normal, we all have flaws. There's not one person that you meet that isn't self-conscious about a trait, you know, something, whether it's their hair or their lips or the eyes or what, whatever it might be, we all have something that, you know, may hold us back. But I think that self-reflection and making it normal and acceptable is really important. Totally. So Maria, so with so many of us constantly seeing celebs and influencers with filtered perfect skin on social media, what kind of pressure is that causing us to put on ourselves? Uh, so many pressures and just very unrealistic. So kind of what Dr. Shirazi was saying, just this idea of, well, what are we supposed to look like? Or what is this idea of beauty and what should I aspire to be? And although I believe, obviously, we all have the autonomy and the sense of empowerment to do whatever we want with our bodies, I also think it's important to think about why. So why are we making these choices? Is it because we feel like we're not good enough unless we are... Um, getting rid of these 
quote-unquote flaws that have been deemed flawed by our society and our culture? Or are we trying to, you know, just kind of have an easier day-to-day because we don't want to be thinking about it as much? So I think it's really important to kind of get to the core of that and question, question, question always. Like we always have to be pushing back against these standards because they're not good for our mental health at all. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. You know, I was uh, reading an interesting article about uh, people who are selling and promoting various skin uh, topicals and creams and that sort of thing and using a filter to mm-hmm. do so and mm-hmm. how that oh, should not be like allowed. JLo. Sorry, not to shade, but uh, in this particular instance, this... there it was a Kylie Jenner reference as she was promoting Kylie's skin. So oh, interesting, you know, and and especially with the demographic being younger, mm-hmm. that the impact that that has. And I'm really at this age, I'm really like over the filter for the most part. It's just like this is my what I look like. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, and I think so many of us have got filter fatigue, essentially, where we're just like, I can you please just post a picture of yourself without a filter? Can you post a picture of yourself without makeup? I want to see real faces. I want to see real bodies. And I think we're craving a lot of that authenticity because so much has been airbrushed, so much has been photoshopped that when we see somebody's authentic body as it is, we really applaud it. And we're thinking, wow, you know, thank you so much for showing us real bodies. And I think we see that a lot. And, you know, I think the Dove campaigns and the American Eagle campaigns as well, like we see different body shapes and sizes and and it's very refreshing to not see this idea of perfection, which isn't real because again, it it just doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. It always makes me frustrated when someone like a Kylie you know, we'll post a picture like with her freckles and then everyone's like, oh my God, the natural freckles. It's like there's, we're celebrating her normalcy in a way that like is so over the top because we've never seen it before. And it's like, that's also bad. Yeah. But I think even the Kylie's are just, you know, a symptom of our culture and a yes. symptom of a bigger problem. So it's so easy to say the Kylie's or the Kardashians or whatever it may be. They're just playing a part in the role, but it's something so much bigger than the individuals that have also felt the pressure to succumb to these standards and say, well, unless I do this, then I'm not accepted. Or unless I do this, then you know I don't get the endorsement deals that are expected. So I just think it's so much bigger than the individuals and our culture and the expectations that we have for ourselves as well. I mean, we're big fans of the Kardashians, so yeah. don't don't, <laughs> yeah. don't mistake it. I <laughs> don't mistake my so. criticism as an attack. <laughs> um, and I think you're right. Like even on a personal level, like if I have a filter on in Instagram and then someone says I look good, I feel like guilty and like I need to immediately tell them like it's a filter. But then if I don't use it, I look at myself straight in that in that camera and I'm like, oh, dear God, because like we're not used yeah. to seeing our own faces. It's really fucked up. Yes, you said it perfectly. I try really hard as well to not post anything with filters similarly because it's like if I'm promoting this idea of mental health and if I am letting everybody know, hey, this isn't what everybody looks like, then I should be following in that pattern. And yet there's still a part of me that says, oh, but it looks so nice with this filter. That's what I would love to look like. So it's really this double standard of, I know I want to show up authentically and aesthetically. It does look 
much better. Yeah. So and I want to look good too. Tough, and I, I want to look like that. <laughs> it's also fun to like so, yeah. see what I look like with blue eyes. You know, it's just, yeah. it's a dance really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And kind of being open about it and having these kinds of conversations, I think are so important, right? So to know that we don't have it all figured out. We have our insecurities and we're kind of going back and forth between this. I know that this is what I quote unquote should be doing. And yet I still have these very human feelings. So mm -hmm. thank you for having us on to, you know, even talk about this. We're delighted to be having this conversation because it's so important and it really feels like, especially with the social media of it all, it sort of just all dropped on our lap. And we didn't, weren't primed with any types of tools to really, I think, understand what was going on. Understanding that for me, I think like we can't, we don't have any control over the images that are coming our way in a way that 10 years ago we were, there was much more choice in the matter. The issue also becomes, you know, when we're on camera, it's not really, it doesn't translate to what we look like as a 3D image in real life, you know, there's lighting, there's makeup, there's angles, you know, there's so many variables. So when somebody comes into my office and they show me a picture of themselves and they said, well, you can't see it in this lighting, but when I took this picture, you know, two nights ago, this is what it looks like. And I tell them, well, you know, it's lighting, it's your makeup, you have lashes on that's causing a shadow on your under eyes. There's all these factors that, it's hard to translate that into reality because you, you know, and I tell my patients, you see yourself in a 2d image. Everybody sees you as a 3d, you know, version and your mannerisms, the way you talk and act and, you know, all that plays into who you are. It's hard to capture that on camera and uh, you know, on social media. Yeah. So with your practice, while we know there are a lot of perceived skin imperfections, what are the top ones that seem to cause people the most stress? So I would say acne scars are a big one uh, because they are so difficult to cover up. Even with makeup, there's a lot of imperfections in the texture. Um, and then stretch marks are another big, big item. And then just pigmentation, acne breakouts, just having not that clear, smooth skin, you know, texture. Those always seem to be the biggest concern for people. And uh, actually on the survey, and the survey back to the Moderma um, survey, 31% of the respondents said that they use heavy makeup, saying that you know, they would also go as far as you know, wearing baggy pants to hide their perceived uh, you know, body issues and skin issues. And so we're getting to see more of these routines that are getting longer and more complicated, you know, the more skincare products I use, the better my acne is going to get, the better it is for my scar. And, you know, spending hours and hours a week on these skincare routines, trying to cover up these imperfections. Is that true that, because uh, I know in Elizabeth's case, sorry, not to speak for you. I'm like, you're like your acne spokesperson over here. But um, I know in her case, you know, the more she used, the worse it got. And she was having a lot of trouble kind of finding actually what, what, what helped her was taking things away. And so I'm 100%. curious to hear you speak on, on that as well. Cause we have not only the, the standard issue, but also the consumption issue that, you know, the more you consume, the, the, the better off you'll be. That's a, that's a tried and true, you know, trope of this society as far as consumerism is concerned. So I'm wondering like, when someone comes in with scarring and stuff, like what's your, 
protocol as far as right. That's and, and, and that's very much true. And that people feel better because, you know, they're doing all these steps and, and then they wonder why it's all backfiring because they're using too many exfoliants, you know, together, they're using ingredients that uh, are too harsh in, in combination or, you know, our skin is not designed to be exposed to so many actives and inactives and mm-hmm. it gets overwhelmed. And, and sometimes that causes a, an impairment in the skin barrier, which is everything. I mean, you ultimately your skin is the healthiest when you have a healthy, intact, strong skin barrier and too many products and ingredients can certainly compromise that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we see the opposite uh, results in people. So you know, part of it is just a cleanse. Let's do a detox of, of your skincare. We're going to cut down to only, you know, two or three products and we're going to add, you know, a product in every four to six weeks. And it's, and it's similar to a cleanse or a detox from skincare and, and trying so hard to cover up something that uh, is now, you know, making it more obvious. Mm-hmm. Can I ask a question around, because I know that um, we're talking about the Moderma survey, so I wanted to bring up one of their products that I think is interesting. It's an SPF and a scar treatment. And I feel like there's so much, I don't know if it's real information or just talk about like the sun and scarring. And so I'm curious, how does it correlate? How does the sun affect a scar? Like what can you do to protect it? Like all these things. Right. So from a health skin, you know, perspective, sun protection on a freshly healed wound or a fresh scar is probably the most important thing you can do in terms of optimizing the healing. Mm-hmm. Not only are scars more prone to sunburns and damage because they're weaker, uh, but you also risk of having pigmentation issues after, as well as scars staying red longer. And if you have darker skin tones, then it really makes it more likely to pigment. And that pigment that your skin forms as a defense mechanism against the UV rays will you know, last for months. And that makes the scars look even worse or, or mm-hmm. more obvious. So I think one of the best things is using a scar cream like the Mederma SPF cream every single day on the scar, protecting it. And if you're outdoors for a longer period of time, use the cream and whether it's you know, sun protective clothing or maybe a scar sheet over it would be ideal just to Mm -hmm. protect it from those damaging UV rays. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. And then uh, something that we were talking about earlier, and I think Maria, you can probably speak to this, but I'm also curious to hear Dr. Shirazi's uh, insight. You know, people, like we were talking about earlier, uh, there's that element of experiencing your own vanity. And it is like a surface level thing when you have, when you have these things come up, but it also brings up deeper issues. So what are the ways in which you kind of counsel someone or help someone move through like the stuff it's bringing up for them as far as their self-confidence and their insecurities are concerned while handling like the acute issue? Because I think Elizabeth and I both in our in our course of going through these things, we're like, we can just like zen out. We can be like our biggest, highest selves. We can move through this with, you know, the awareness that we aren't our skin, but at the same time, like it's almost like spiritually bypassing the reality. There needs to be like a deeper dive. So I would love to hear you kind of talk about how you work people through that as well as, you know, consulting on the exterior. Yeah, that's a perfect way to put it, this idea of spiritual bypassing, but um, kind of just 
it's almost like a toxic positivity thing. Like I'm so much better than this. I shouldn't be vain and I shouldn't be worried about my skin because I'm so much better than my skin, but Mm -hmm. you, you're carrying your skin, right? So you have to walk around this world in that skin. So I think the first thing that we need to do is acknowledge it as opposed to thinking that we're these high and mighty beings that can be Zen 100% of the time and not allow ourselves to be impacted by these issues. Because again, even like, especially when the scars that we have are on our face, right? We're Mm -hmm. constantly, even just right now, as we're doing this podcast, we're, you know, Zoom and we're like looking at each other and we're like, okay, how's the lighting hitting here and what's going on and what's happening? And I know that during the pandemic, it was definitely heightened as well because we were on Zoom so often. We were looking at ourselves um, so much. And so the first thing is to acknowledge and be, you know, human and say, it's okay that I am having these insecurities that are showing up. And if I wasn't, then I probably would be a robot that wasn't computing any of this information and the sensations. I um, wish. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of messages that say, you know, you can control your thoughts and, you know, all that you can control is the things that you think about. No, the thoughts are going to arise and they're going to come up. And the second part of that is how we process that, right? Do we give that thought space and time or do we say, okay, I hear you. I understand what's happening. And is this really everything that there is to this thought? Right. So Mm -hmm. how do I challenge the thought that is coming up that is going on this deeper level because it goes to this idea of worth? Am I worthy? Am I attractive so that I can be loved by others? Am I attractive so that I can love myself? Right. So we have all these ideas and a lot of it just comes to being accepted by others, accepted by ourselves and worthy of love. And so much of that is tied to our appearance because again, part of our culture and we're just visual beings. We're constantly looking at things, seeing where there are discrepancies, seeing where there are quote unquote errors or flaws. That's what our brains are trained for, to look at things and see what's different and what's the same. So we're always going to be naturally searching for that and trying to kind of push that aside is just counterproductive. So first off, just be aware of it and know that it is quote unquote vain and we've given it that title, but it's also just very human to, to find these imperfections. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we're looking towards this idea of worth, so how can we expand the definition of what makes us worthy beyond the skin so that we're also saying, okay, this is important. And I know that my worth is also this, 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 and that. So adding to the definition and not just focusing or trying to bypass the only definition that we have of our sense of worth. I experienced every level of emotion when I was dealing with my acne, my acne scars, the dermatitis that I then had all over my face. I mean, it was such a journey. Mm -hmm. And I had those moments where I didn't want to be social and I just wanted to stay home and all of that. But I also got to a point where I sort of stopped giving a fuck in a way that (laughs) has sustained me since. I just don't care as much. And I really got to know and had a deeper relationship with who I was on the inside. It sounds so trivial, but it was so true. It just, it was really hard and it, it challenged my ego, 
my my perception of myself, my vanity, all of those things. But it also came out the other side stronger and not putting so much importance on that. However, and Dr. Shrazi, you might find this interesting, is that it also made me more into wanting to change any little thing that was bothering me because I was like, you know what? I, I want to feel great also. So it was an interesting dichotomy of not caring, but also wanting to look in the mirror and feel my best at the same time. But it came from a deeper, less vain place. It's part of the healing process, yeah. you know, seeking out and getting treatments that make you feel better and, you know, getting an acne laser treatment you know, you're doing, you're being proactive, you're, you're healing those scars. And I think that it goes along with regaining more confidence and feeling better. And I think it's an important part of the the journey and skin, skin imperfections are hard. Yeah. And it comes just from a different place, whether from the versus this like surface, like I feel bad about how I look, It, it no longer comes from there. It comes from just like a, an, having gone through that, it kind of boost, it oddly boosted my confidence for the better. Right. And with skin issues, you know, it's on display. You can't sort of hide it. It's every, it's, and it makes people feel the worst. You know, if you have high blood pressure or some other sort of internal issue, it's, it's easier to hide. It's not on display for everybody to see. Like you said, you had dermatitis or acne. Those make you heal in in a different uh, way, bring out um, different emotions. Absolutely. So I want to go back to this Moderma survey. It also found some interesting information about what Americans think of some of our favorite celebs. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yes. So when they asked what celebrity TV hosts skin Americans would like to make a filter of, the top three were... Oh, wait. That is so... Creepy, like whose face do you want to peel off and put on your face? It's like the weirdest. <laughs> so that's funny. right. They want to make a filter of Savannah Guthrie, Kelly Ripa, and Ryan Seacrest. They were Dead. the top three choices. Not surprising though; they have fabulous skin. They look, they look great. Yeah, and then and they're on they, TV every also, day. Yeah, that's so right. that's you know, with bright lighting and makeup and 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 uh, you know the and under the best circumstances. So we also learned that when it comes to stars with scars, Gen Z felt that Selena Gomez, Padma Lakshmi, and Kylie Jenner owned their scars the best. These women were definitely setting the right example. I see Kylie showing her leg scar. She has a pretty significantly large scar that you know she doesn't Photoshop out, um, and so it plays a role in, in uh, embracing your scars and embracing the skin that you're in. So I think that's a good message there. Can I ask a question about, you know, celebrity culture and being a cosmetic dermatologist? I'm very curious about, you know, and it, it plays into the mental health thing as well, where it's like someone comes in and they're like, basically like, I want to look like this, you know? And that's, I'm assuming virtually impossible for almost anyone to mimic the look of someone who they are not. But we live in this like comparative culture where there's that that standard. How do you deal with gently helping someone achieve something that would uplift them in that sense while also mitigating the mental stuff around wanting to look like somebody else? Because I think that's, that's like disturbing to me to some degree. 
Right. And I think the most important thing is walk them through it, you know, break it down and make it rational and say, you know, you want a jawline like this person, but, you know, you already have a square shape. So if we enhanced your jawline, it's not going to you know, do you a favor. And if anything, it's going to turn the balance, it's going to disrupt the facial balance that you have. And so I think the most important thing is sitting down and evaluating them in a positive light and explaining why it's not a good idea, you know, instead of promising, oh yeah, okay, you want lips like that, I'll, I'll give you those lips. But in fact, I can't give her those lips because she has really thin lips. And there's only so much that we can do, you know, in terms of augmenting them. And mm-hmm. so I think the most important thing is to be unbiased, to be methodical and rational and give them an honest evaluation and go go through it with them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so interesting. We're in such this like interesting juxtaposition in beauty standards industry right now, as we talked about before, the various campaigns that are really normalizing different body types and showing your scars and showing, you know, what isn't c- considered classically perfect. I'm using air quotes because that's to me not a thing, but you guys know what I'm saying. And then on the other hand, there's the, as we spoke about the filters and all of that jazz. And so it's just like, I think to me, if I were to zoom out, it's like we're at this tipping point that I, I, I hope and I believe we're moving in the direction of embracing what's natural and normalizing pimples, normalizing scars, like all of these things I really believe, and it's almost like a reverberation or as a result of the filter lifestyle. And I will cite celebrities too. And and somebody comes in (laughs) and they want all their, they want all their moles removed. And I say, you know, why look at Gigi Hadid. I mean, she is one of the most beautiful women and look how many moles she has. Or they say, you know, I have this, you know, fullness here and I really hate it. And I said, well, Look at Gigi Hadid. She has that. It's sort of her signature, you know, full rounded face. And she's made a career out of it. And so I do like to reference celebrities that are proudly displaying their so-called imperfections because there are a lot of people that do that. Winnie Harlow is another great example. You know, she uh, has her vitiligo on display and, and it's beautiful and it's, it's helped her actually in her career because it makes her unique. And so I think we can also look to celebrities and say, you know, they set a good example. Yeah, Mm because I think it's helped so many others as well, right? So having these representations and having these other definitions of beauty have kind of expanded and said, okay, well, there's a lot that we're not considering. And is it all skin deep? And is there so much more than what we have been taught all our lives. So I think it's important for these representations to be also visible so that we just have different frames of reference. Yeah. I mean, because the truth is it's, it's, it's managing the exterior and the interior at the same time. Like mm-hmm. One can't exist without the other. And so I love that you guys are teaming up because I feel like you're both speaking to the issue in, in a way that's really important because re- reality, like if someone goes to Dr. Shirazi to get augmentation, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're suddenly going to feel amazing about themselves. Right. Maybe for like a minute, you know, like it's like eating chocolate. You're like, ah, I feel so good. And then you're like, oh, fuck. 
Yeah. (laughs) And I think think that that happens often when we're looking just to that physical component and then we're saying, but I still don't feel great about myself, Mm -hmm. right? So I've changed this or I've I've lost the weight or I've taken this off or done this and I still am not happy. And so that's where that mental health component comes in and we say, we're, you know, if we're not taking care of that as well, if we're not taking that into consideration, we can throw on all the injectables and all the fillers and still not feel good in, in our skin. Mm-hmm. Wherever you go, there you are. I love that. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, if we wanted to learn more about the um, You Are More Than Your Scar campaign or, or you know, if anyone wants to dive deeper, how can they uh, do that? Yeah, so they can head over to Mederma.com to find out more about the You Are More Than Your Scar campaign and it's all there and their products that were mentioned by Dr. Shirazi. And again, it's just a great addition to that physical component to say that there's this emotional, this psychological aspect to our scars that we haven't been considering. So I think it's a great campaign. And on a personal note, I use the Mederma scar cream on my Chalazin scar because I had to get like multiple eye surgeries and Uh it like people... I'm still like unwell. So I'm like, look at my scar. Like I pointed out to people, but <laughs> nobody can see You're it. You're like, where? Let me see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I don't see what you're talking about. <laughs> We're all so hard on ourselves. And I hope even in hearing this. So hard on ourselves. Yeah. I hope this conversation reminds everyone that like, we're all doing it. And maybe we can all just like, on behalf of the other people, treat yourself like you would want someone else to treat you, which is to not point out your flaws. Yeah, that's self-compassion. Yeah. yeah. So needed. And on that Mederma tip, they brought us together today, They, which is so great. And I think that the, mm-hmm. the survey that they conducted really speaks so much to where we are as a culture. The data was so fascinating. And I will say that I had a bunch of moles removed uh, that were precancerous, and I've been using the overnight product that they have. And it's been really helpful. And I love that they have an SPF one that you had mentioned because the, all those little spots that I had removed are all visible in the sun when I am in a suit, so bathing suit. So good for them for making for thinking about what we need. Yeah. And just funny how you were finishing up on um, talking about the survey. The, my favorite part of the whole survey was that 62% of those individuals who had had a negative attachment to their scars said that they had been starting to wear their scars with pride and kind of seeing their scars in a different light from the pandemic and kind of owning it and seeing the story behind it. And so I just thought that was so impactful to kind of understand that a lot of this time was good, not that good, quote unquote, in the sense that we had a lot of time to introspect and we had a lot of time to look at ourselves and kind of say, okay, what's important here? And these scars, is there something that um, I can attach some value to or wear with pride or kind of add a different story to. So that was my favorite part of the study. So tell our listeners where they can find you. So I'm Azadeh Shirazi. My uh, handle is Skin by Dr. Ozzy. I also have a podcast. It's called Ooh. More Than a Pretty Face. And it's all about health and wellness and beauty And it's my nurse and I, where we talk about um, different things that go on in our office and we answer questions. So you can send me a DM if you have a question about this at Skin by Dr. Ozzy on Instagram. 
and I have a YouTube channel, Skin by Dr. Ozzy as well. Yes, a multimedia personality. That's what we, we love like it. to see. <laughs> I do this because you know we're busy seeing patients in the office, but I think it's important to have a a voice and a you know a, totally. a different perspective. I love that more than just a pretty face. Um, yeah, that's great. It's a good name, Maria Sosa, but I go by holistically <laughs> Grace on Instagram and social media. Grace is my middle name. Um, I just share a lot of mental health content and mind body education as well. So a lot of education and pretty much all the things that we talked about challenging beauty standards and weight and all that fun stuff. <laughs> Amazing. You guys are so great. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing this with us. It's been really wonderful. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having us.